Hey, Group Talk listener, Jason here, Group Talk producer. Our Group Talk podcast is growing in listenership, and we have exciting news for you listeners. Starting April 6th, we are launching the Group Talk Network of Podcasts. Don't worry, we'll still have your favorite shows, favorite hosts, and favorite topics. They'll just be on their own separate channel, and they'll be available wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. And best of all, we will be expanding and offering some very exciting new resources to help equip you in your ministry, because a great network is made of great people like you. Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Here to There with Carolyn Picetta. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Here to There, where we explore movement from our present reality to the preferred future that God has for us. Well, Happy New Year. If you are someone who've made some New Year resolutions for 2022, I want to ask, how's it going? Um, Since this is only the second week of the new year, it should hopefully be going well. Um, And I'm still going strong, but if you ask me in a few months, it may be a different story, especially for these resolutions that I keep making every year, like eat more vegetables and greens, exercise every day. And these are so hard to keep going throughout the year. And after I miss a few days or a week um, here and there, then I just go forget it. And I throw up my hands and I give up. Until then, I read some article about the importance of diet and exercise, and then I get convicted, and then I try to start up again. Well, one of the New Year resolutions that I and probably you, our listener, and many people make every year is to read the Bible every day or to read through the Bible in one year. And I have tried so many different types of Bibles that are organized for daily readings and apps and different things that I have found useful over the years. Um, And then a few years ago, I learned from a social science research that the key to developing any new habit was to make it bite-sized, concrete, and accountable. And that's exactly what our guest today has done with our hugely popular daily podcast, The Bible Recap, which is a five to ten minute digest of a daily Bible reading. And with millions of downloads, yes, millions of people want to read the Bible every day, which is incredible. Um, Tara Lee Cobble has been enormously influential in helping people read and understand the Bible as a daily habit. And the reason why we invited her into our program and to the small group network audience is that she believes firmly that the Bible is best understood in the context of community and alongside one another in groups. So I'm so excited to have Tara Lee with us. Hey, welcome to Here to There. I'm so happy to be here, Carolyn. I love, I love what your listeners are a part of, and I'm so happy to be talking to all of them. Let me tell you a little bit about Tara Lee. In 2009, she started her first D group, a discipleship group, with a handful of college students, which has since grown into 250 groups around the world. And probably more than that by now, um, she's passionate about encouraging people to pursue relational knowledge of God with one another. I just love that. Um, Tara Lee also writes and hosts a daily podcast called The Bible Recap, which aims to keep people connected to reading the Bible when they're tempted to quit for lack of understanding, um, as well as a new daily radio show called God Shot. Um, so Tara Lee, I read, uh, I didn't, well, I read a whole bunch of stuff about you because I didn't get up to speed. So impressed. And then I watched one of your introductory videos. And this is when I realized we we're going to have a great conversation because you said um, you started this ministry because you said, I wanted to want to read the whole Bible, but I was struggling um, to do it. And I completely get that. So <laughs> would you share your story and a little bit about how you got started um, and that sentiment that I think is very relatable? 
Yeah, right. So I went into ministry. Um, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and I would say I became a Christian around the age of four. And in church three times a week, private Christian school. My first job was at my family's Christian bookstore selling Bibles. <laughs> Wow. And I wrote my first Bible study in college and like taught it to the high school girls and um, then went into full-time ministry right out of college. Mm-hmm. And I was a few years into that and a pastor friend of mine pulled me aside and he was like, have you ever read the whole Bible? And I was like, I'm sure I've pieced it together over the years because of all those things I just <laughs> right, told you. Right. And he was like, I think you should start today and read the whole thing and read it in chronological order, which I did not know it wasn't in chronological right. order. You know, <laughs> and he said, let your eyes fall on every word, even the genealogies. Hmm. And I would encourage you to say very little on stage until you finished. And I was wow. like, okay. <laughs> and so I, I immediately was like, what did I say that was, you know, heresy or whatever? But I started that day. It was, it was August. And so I wasn't like, I'll start January 1st. Like I started, you know, uh, in mm-hmm. August and read through, but I, I'll tell you that what you just referenced, that quote, the, like, I wanted to want to read the Bible. Yes. When he challenged me with that, I didn't want to. I didn't want to because I had read parts of it that were very boring. Yes. And I mostly was interested in the parts that were about me. And a lot of it was about (laughs) me. And I was like, man, there's so much about all these other people. I just want to know, give me my to-do list and tell me what promises I can cling to. So let's just distill that into a little book and I'll just read that devotional or that like promise book or whatever. And just give me, give me the, the, the high points. I feel like you've just described most of what's out there. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I just didn't want to, but I wanted to want to. Mm-hmm. And so all I know, I, I don't know about you, Carolyn, but I've tried to change my own heart and it doesn't work. It doesn't right. work. I can, I can't change my own heart. I can't change my own desires. I can't make myself want something or not want something, but I know the one who can. And so I was just, every day I'm just like, help me to want this and, mm-hmm. and to help me want this. I want to be able to see you in this to like get to learn something new. If you mm-hmm. correct something that I believe that was, uh, that I was wrong about, like correct any lies I believe or anything I misunderstand. Like if I'm learning more about God, um, it's going to increase my knowledge and my, and my love right. and my desire. Right. And so what got me from the want to want to, to the want to was actually the doing of it while asking mm-hmm. God to change my heart in the process of doing it. And, wow. um, and so that was, that was sort of what inspired, that was what inspired me to read through the whole Bible. And then once I'd done it several times, mm-hmm. um, I would invite friends to join me and they would fall off. And I would be like, you know, I have tried this several times and fallen off as well. So I understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what was it that got me over the hump? What got me to actually do it the first time? And it was that that pastor offered to answer my questions along the way. Because oh, wow. if I don't understand something, if I don't understand why it's important or what it means, or, hey, why did God do this when he said he was going to do that? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. This seems contradictory. And I would take that to him and he would go, okay, he, let me explain it to you. And then I understood. And then I had this, the, like the desire to keep going. So I decided to create the Bible Recap Podcast to follow the chronological reading plan where you're reading through the story of, of God as it happens. Right. And so you have three-ish chapters a day, about 12 minutes of reading a day. And then you listen to me talk for seven to eight minutes explaining what you just read. Right. Where do we see the character of God show up? This thing that seems contradictory, here's where it actually fits together. Here's some historical and cultural context that makes us make a little more sense. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to link to some articles if you want to dig deeper. And so ultimately, I'm trying to answer, pe- answer people's questions as they have them so that they're not only reading the Bible, but they're understanding the Bible and they're falling in love with the Bible. All three of those things are important to me. Read, understand, and love. I don't want them to just read it. 
I don't care if they just read it. I want them to love it. So. Right, and I think that's where a lot of um, people do fall off is because if you just read it, and you know, I grew up in the church too, and a lot of our listeners have, where you get the Bible reading plan in January, and we are doing this in January, so it's actually a great time to start, but not in this way, where then you just check off the box, and it starts feeling very much a road, like yet another performative thing we do, because we're good mm -hmm. Christians, it's what we're supposed to do, and um, you know, when you said, let your eye fall on every word, even the genealogy, I mean, gosh, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, I mean, usually we go strong until we hit um, one of some of those books, and then we kind of oh okay and then you know pick up again and then we're we're just like can we just get to the gospel so it, it you're mm -hmm. right I think some of the those hurdles are there what are some other hurdles you said the lack of knowledge for sure especially if you're new yeah. to the Bible but but even if you're familiar with it I think there's a lot of unlearning that we need to do first absolutely I had I still have so much unlearning to do but my first trip there was re was honestly really hard on for my like theology brain and heart because mm -hmm. I've had most of my knowledge of God secondhand, to be honest. I learned it through sermons and worship songs, and now I hear those worship songs, and I'm like, is no one doing a theology check on this? Because this is, <laughs> this is not going to be accurate. Like, okay, so I read this research in May of 2021 from Barna, mm -hmm. and here's their quote from them. They estimated that Bible users, which was defined as individuals who read, listen, or pray with the Bible on their own three to four times a year. Okay, this is a low bar. Right. Um, but had had reached a 10-year low, registering only 48% of Americans. So only 48% of Americans in 2021 actually read, listened to, or did anything with the Bible outside of a church service uh, four times a year, which is really startling. Okay, yeah. so my question for you was, in leading this digital Bible reading ministry for the past, you know, so many years, um, and talking to people about the Bible all over the world, uh, why do you think people even those who believe that the Bible is the Word of God. So let's start there. People already have that um, belief system in place. Why did they still choose not to engage with the Bible? Uh, I think there are a couple things. And first of all, I think that number is probably high. I think 48. I think, really? You know, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I think when people, you know, there's there's um, the, the term halo effect. Yes. The halo effect yes. when you take a survey and you sort of like, you esteem yourself as, as better right. than you actually are, right? Um, and so I think that, that, I think it's probably even lower than that, especially considering that this is Americans and not just Christians. I can't sure. imagine that half of America is reading their Bible even four times a year. I would four say times that. Here, we're talking like, it doesn't even say how many verses. It could be oh, John 3, 16 right. at a concert and that would count. We're not just talking about Christians, we're talking about Americans, right? right? And, right. and so, yeah. So I think that's a high number. Um, I would, if, you know, I don't know, but I would say 15 to 20%. Um, and so I, uh, I think some of the obstacles are a, we don't think it's important. Mm. We think as Christians, we think we have the basics down. And so like, I don't need to really engage with this. I, I know the rules. Um, and, um, we view it as a checklist and not a relationship. It's, but it is, this is where the living God has chosen to reveal himself to us. This is a relationship with a living God. It is not a box to check. It is air to breathe. Mm -hmm. And it is daily bread. And so um, we don't see it as important. We think we already know what we need to know. We have the basics down. I also think time for a lot of people feels like an obstacle. But here's why time isn't an obstacle. You can read the whole Bible in a year in 12 minutes a day. That's commercial breaks on This Is Us. That is <laughs> time, right? And another obstacle is people imagine that they have to sit down and read it with their eyes. But a lot of people are auditory learners. And for the bulk of human history, the way that people consumed the scriptures was through hearing it. Because there was no print, printing press before Gutenberg. Right. And people 
couldn't own Bibles and people were told you're not allowed to read the Bible unless you are a priest. And so for the bulk of human history, people were consuming the Bible by having it read aloud to them. It's not cheating. And so on our phones, if you have the Bible app, it will read it to you. Yes. You can have it playing while you're in the shower. You can have it playing while you're on your commute. It's not cheating. I'm an auditory learner. I learn by hearing. And so I think we have every resource in the world available. It's the most scripture saturated society in the history of the world. And yet we are scripture starved. Yeah, that's true. I think when you don't think it's important, when you prioritize over things other over it, um, and when you just don't lean in and ask God to change your heart, mm-hmm. those things are going to be obstacles for you. And I think um, those are obstacles. Anytime I see an obstacle, I just want to figure out a way around it or over it. And so that's what I've tried, tried to do with the Bible recap is like get people, make it short and bite-sized, 12 minutes a day of reading, seven minutes a day of me talking to you. That's 19, 20 minutes a day. And if you speed it up to 2X, it's half that. You know? so. <laughs> and I have to say, they're very accessible. Um, I mean, I called it a digest because that's what it kind of feels like, a little yeah. digestible um, bite size. Uh, and so they really are really easy to listen to. And it kind of goes, oh, okay. This makes, you know, makes especially probably the sections that are harder to understand, the historical books, mm-hmm. the different customs, that kind of thing. I think that's yeah. helpful. Um, did, you know, when you started the D group part, was that connected to um, trying to overcome the barrier of people not reading it, like providing some accountability? Was that one of the pieces of why you started that? Or did that come by as a byproduct? D group started years and years before the Bible recap. So D group has been around since 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible recap has only been around since 2019. So D group is 10 years older than the Bible recap. And we started, it was just, um, basically I went to, uh, I was part of a mega church and Mm -hmm. it was wonderful, but the small groups were mostly rehashing the sermon from Sunday or reading a book together. And to be honest, the one that I was in, which was a co-ed one was mostly just, we're trying to find spouses. And so (laughs) that was, was, I was unsuccessful, um, but But I, I just really wanted people to study the Bible with. And so I went to one of the pastors and I said, Hey, I'm new here. Um, but I want people that I can study the Bible with. And do you have anything like that? And they were like, no. And I was like, can I start it? I want it to be like the CrossFit of Bible studies because Mm -hmm. I know these things that I want in my own life. And this was around the time I'd started reading through the Bible the the first time by myself. Mm -hmm. And that pastor who told me to do that was on staff at that church. And so I was like, I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm learning so much from this. I want people to talk about it with, and I don't, there's nobody like, we're just getting together and talking about our week or the sermon. Like I need people to walk through this with. And so I basically was like, I want a group where we have daily Bible reading and we're accountable for that. We have scripture memory and we're accountable for that because I want to do that. And I'm not going to do that on my own. I'm just not going to, unless I have to say it out loud to someone. And if we're reciting it as a group, guess what? You know who's going to be mouthing it and pretending like they learned it? (laughs) So I need somebody to have to say it to an actual person. And you know what? Like, I don't have any practice of confession of sin in my life. And scripture says that's important. It says confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And I don't do that. And so, like, I want a space where I can, like, confess my sin and, and, and somebody can pray for me right then when I confess it. I want to be able to memorize scripture together. And I want a daily Bible reading. And I want to study the Bible. I don't want to just want to read it. I want to study and like all these elements. And he was like, this is a lot. (laughs) And I was like, it is. But in communities like CrossFit, for example, Mm -hmm. you do this heavy lifting alongside people who are on mission with you. And what I found is that community happens best when you're on mission together. It happens best as a byproduct of a shared mission. 
And that's why guys who go to war together, who are from different racial backgrounds, Mm -hmm. socioeconomic statuses, parts of the country, they form these bonds because they have a shared mission. So the shared mission for the D group then, what is the shared mission for the D group? The shared mission is to know God and his word. Okay. To know and love God and his word. And so that's what we're doing is we are, we're walking through that in community together. And the, we, we say, we set the expectations bar high, but we set the grace bar higher. And so mm. we make it, we, we put a lot of challenges before our people and we say, you're, you're going to fail at this. And guess what? Especially for women in the church, it's really important because we pride ourselves on our perfectionism and pride and perfectionism are both <laughs> wicked. They're ruining us. Right. And so I'm like, this is going to chafe against your perfectionism because you're going to fail, but you're going to do it in front of people who are going to love you and cheer you on despite your failure. So when you haven't done any of your homework, when you haven't memorized the verse, come and show up to D group. And we're going to cheer you on. Say what you've already learned from this section, and we're going to cheer you on. You're going to get it next week. Because we learn, we don't just memorize a verse and then forget it. We memorize entire passages of scripture. And wow. um, that way we keep building on what we've learned and not just like taking verses out of context. So um, D Group was built in 2009 with these me and these nine strangers in a living room at this church I had just joined. Um, <laughs> and... Then by the end of our first session, there were 15 people, and then there were 25 people, and then there were 40 people, and then I was having to lead it two and three nights a week. And then one of the girls got married and moved to another town, and um, she was like, can you come lead it here? And then her husband wanted to start one, and it was just, it just kept spreading. And now we have over 300 groups on six continents. We're in two languages. Um, wow. And no idea that so many people needed what I needed and wanted what I wanted, but I'm so grateful. We have men's D groups, women's D groups, military D groups, Spanish D groups. And what happened was after eight ish years of me going, Hey guys, in addition to studying the Bible, like I do, like we do here. So for instance, when we're studying the book of Acts, mm-hmm. like we'll do a deep dive into Acts. We're not going to do just like topical studies, like how to be a woman of grace. We're going to like study the Bible. <laughs> and um, not that there's anything wrong with that. If you wrote, I know, but, I can, but I can picture that, that uh, book cover already. As you said it, I just, right? I'm <laughs> picturing flowers and pastels right flowers, now. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. A long dress. She's in a field. Yes. Um, but uh, we're studying like the Trinity. Like we're starting off this year with a study I wrote on the Trinity that, that Life I released. It's called He's Where the Joy Is. Um, and it's about the Trinity. And then we're going into Acts and we'll do like topical about scripture, but not topical about me. We'll do like, you know, okay. and um, so we'll, when we are studying the book of Acts, our reading plan, our daily reading plan will be through Acts. But we're just, I'm just giving that to them as like, hey, we want you to be reading what you're studying. So you read it and that's different than studying it. Reading it, you're just taking it in. Studying right. it, you're doing a deep dive. So in D group, we do these deep dives. And I was telling them like, guys, I'm reading through the Bible every year and it's the best thing ever. And I learn something new all the time. And like, will you do this with me? And people were trying and falling off. And that's when I decided to start the Bible recap was I want to help people in D group. And my prayer was that 300 people would do it with me. I was like, if I could get 300 people to read through the Bible with me, I would be over the moon. And um, the Lord has just dramatically yeah. exceeded that, that hope and prayer. So <laughs> yeah, above and beyond, it's very much the Ephesians, you know, more than you can think or imagine, which, yeah. uh, which is so awesome because it means that there is that hunger and untapped yeah. hunger out there. Absolutely. And I mean, the same with D group. Like I thought it was me and these nine college girls in a living room and I didn't know it was going to be you know, thousands of people around the globe. 
Um, yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about the D group piece, which is interesting because I, um, because most of our listeners lead small groups ministries in all different sized churches all around the world. Um, how is it different? And I think you started to talk a little bit about it because you said in that church you were in, it was mostly sermon based. Okay. So that, that will uh, affect curriculum. That will affect kind of what happens in that group time, but yeah. there are small groups that do Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's hard to speak more generally because, you know, every case is a little bit different. But how would do you think D group would be different you know, than um, maybe a more typical small group that does a Bible study? A couple of things that I think make us a little unique, and they may not. So, listener, if you hear this and you're like, my church does that, well, <laughs> I'm not calling you out. You know, I'm great. Like, obviously, we great minds think alike, right? right? That's what they say. Um, but we cap our groups at 12 plus the leader. We think Jesus was on to something there. Mm-hmm. So 12 plus the leader, and that helps keep the groups small um, so that you're missed when you don't show up. Right. Um, you know, uh, we also we encourage people to multiply out of their own group. We don't call it splitting. We call it multiplying. Mm-hmm. And um, we encourage them to start doing that when they're around eight-ish members for the leader to start identifying a person in that group who could maybe be the next leader so that they can create room for more people. We close the groups for six weeks. So when you show up at the launch party for that session, you are locked in for six weeks and no new people can join. Um, but that also like hope helps with that accountability piece. Right. right. And, um, and so there's then, six weeks at a time. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And um, during week five of every six-week session, we have the week five guest leader, which is when one of the members steps up to guest lead for the leader. It has a couple, a couple purposes. Yeah. It gives the leader a week off from like being on. It gives every member, and we ask every member to sort of rotate into that spot at some point. And it gives the member a chance to see like the weight that the leader is carrying, but it also maybe helps those members who thought that they didn't have what it takes to lead see that they actually can. Sure. Because Deacon sure. is not built on seminary grads. Your girl hasn't been to seminary. I'm a lay person, just like, and, and I think the reason that God has blown up the, the ministries that I've started is not because I'm so like knowledgeable. I don't have any letters after my name. Um, <laughs> but because I'm able to speak the, the common person's right. language. And I'm able to show them that, hey, a person who hasn't been to seminary can, can, can talk about the Bible like this, and that means you can too. Happy New Year, Small Group Network. Jason Vanzoff here, Group Talk producer. So how's your New Year going? How about your resolution? Are you sticking to it? If your New Year's resolution was to be a better small group point person, we got something that will help you with that. Join us February 22nd through the 24th in sunny San Juan Capistrano, California. It's January, and I'm pretty sure almost all of us could use the sun. The Small Group Networking event is sure to help you connect with new and veteran small group point people and give you an opportunity to relax along the way. Since you are a Group Talk listener, we have a special discount code just for you. Take advantage of this special by going to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash conferences. Under Lobby Gathering, click Register. Before selecting your tickets, be sure to enter promo code up top and enter Group Talk, all one word. Again, that's Group Talk, all one word, for your exclusive $100 off. Hope to see you there. Now back to here to there. And so in D group, we use very accessible language. We have people from 18 to 80 in the same D group together. We make Okay. That was, uh, that was another one of my questions. How do you, yeah. How do you, um, one, who, who, thing okay. except gender. Gender is the only thing we silo. And can I ask why? Why do you- Yeah, Um, because of the depth of the way that we do life together with confession of sin, 
with the, the way we want our conversations to be deep. The reason we break off gender is that we found in co-ed groups, even of co-ed married groups, where mm-hmm. there are, you know, if it's 12 people, it's six pairs of spouses. Often what happens is the women will do all the talking and the men will just sit back in silence or the men will dominate the conversation and the women won't say anything. And we want everybody to be engaged. And honestly, we even had one, we had one situation, we had a co-ed married D group and I really um, respect that the, the husband and wife wanted to honor each other in this way. They let us know the husband was far more advanced in his knowledge of the word than the wife was. And he said, it's caused this, this tension in our marriage because when we go in to this setting, mm-hmm. the other women's, the other women know more than my wife does. And I'm becoming impatient with the fact that she is not oh. as knowledgeable as they are. And it's, it's causing frustration in our marriage. And wow. he's like, it's not that I don't want that to happen. And right. I think he thought early on what could have led to an emotional affair with somebody else, maybe eventually like he's like desiring these other women's wives because they have this biblical knowledge. And wow. so he said, I'm going to join a men's D group. She's going to join a women's D group. And I would suggest not having co-ed married D groups anymore. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not married. Yeah, and I, I think that, but th- yeah, I think, and I think there is some, I think people um, that have, you know, the co-ed groups or the married groups, which most of our churches do, um, we usually try to recommend that they spend some time and especially prayer time or accountability or something on uh, with the same gender and to build yeah. relationships separately as well, as well as together. So there's, you know, pluses and minuses doing both of those things. So in the D groups though, are they then all um, and now with COVID and, and all are these online or are they in specific churches? So they're all this, they at least are part of the same congregation broadly. Like so, what's, what's walk me through kind of the yeah. nuts and bolts of it. We're everything. Um, so we started, <laughs> I, God bless Carrie Newhoff. If you guys, I'm sure most of you yes. guys, know who Carrie Newhoff is, and maybe you listen to his podcast. Well, Carrie and I were speaking at an event together in, uh, October, 2019 at Buckhead church in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Carrie said, um, what is the thing that you've always said no to that God's saying now to what, 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 no is God trying to turn into a now. And the thing I had always said no to, we always had D groups in person and people were like, oh, online D groups. And I was like, we're never going to do online D groups. I think we need, people need to be life on life in the same community, doing life together. It's not going to happen. Stop asking. And God was like, that's, that's what, what I'm putting a W behind. That's what you said no to. <laughs> now too. And so in October, 2019, I went back to my team. We, we it takes a team of about 40 people to build out what we do in D group every week. Wow. Um, and we can deliver it to churches just like plug and play. And so churches who don't have something like this, we can just like, we've already built it out. They, most churches can't staff that number of people to build right. out something. Like this. And right. so we staff it for them. We just give it to them for free. Churches pay nothing for it. It's plug and play deep discipleship. We train the leaders. We check in with the churches. We make sure everything's good. And so we had this program already set up where we're doing this with churches. Now, some of the D groups are like my D group is people from different churches, mm-hmm. but some of the D groups are done through churches and it's just people just from that church. But some are just sort of like, Hey, I lived on the street from you. I see you lead a D group. I want to join one. I found you on the D group map on the website. We found it to be so helpful. And so what we realized with this was we were like, whenever Carrie Newhoff said that thing and I'm like, okay, we've got churches, we've got community, like local, local location based. Um, but we don't have like, what about the people who live? I mean, I have friends who are missionaries who don't, there aren't other Christians in their area or there's not a church in their area and they need fellowship more than anyone, you know, or people who are homebound for one reason or another. And so in October, 2019, I went to my team and I said, 
we're going to do it. The thing I said we'd never do, we're going to do it. I'm eating my own words. And so we started building this out. And I said, when do you think we can launch? And they said, I think we can get this done by March 2020. No way. Oh, my gosh. It's it's the so you were actually prophetic about what was going to happen in March 2020. And Carrie Newhoff sure was, that's for sure. The Lord set us up. I mean, we had already yeah. built everything to be online and we rolled it out and it was so, it was, it was so great. And our online D groups have taken off. Um, mm. We just, so we now have groups that are meeting in person, some that are still meeting in homes, some that are still meeting in churches, and then some that have always been and will always be online probably. Right. Right. Um, and so that's been the mixed that. blessing too. Yeah. Of, of, you know, the COVID nightmare was that churches, mm-hmm. and I was right there with you. I'm like, no, embodied presence. You cannot have non-embodied community and presence. Everything else mm-hmm. is on screen. We're not going to do that. And then, you know, right. then COVID. And so now now mm-hmm. I'm like, we're always going to have online groups as well as in person because you, you have to yeah. meet people where they're at and where they're comfortable. And so I kind of went through kicking and screaming because I did not have Carrie Newoff in my life telling me I had to do this. <laughs> but man, you were positioned perfectly for it. And I mm-hmm. have been on your website, which we'll link on um, on the show notes and really the resources. I mean, there's there's a lot there. Um, the one thing that's not on there that I had a question about, though, and this is the reason I'm asking is really selfish because we uh, small group point leaders of ministry leaders. One of mm-hmm. our constant issue that we always have to deal with, especially in January around fall, is getting new leaders, and that's yeah. always a pain point for all of us. Um, I think it's gotten even worse with post COVID because we've had so much transition and so many people have not returned to church and all of that business. So how do you guys get uh, leaders for your D groups? Uh, So two ways, two primary ways. The first is if someone wants to join a D group and there's not a D group in their area, Mm -hmm. we try to encourage them to be, we're like, you want this thing. You want it. It doesn't exist in your area and you don't want to join an online D group. You want to join an in-person D group. There's a desire in your heart for this thing. So you already have what it's going to take to cultivate this because you don't have to be a part of seminary. We're going to walk you. We're going to train you. We're going to give you everything that you need. We're going to give you all the materials every week. You're more of a facilitator than a leader. And we're going to right, teach you right. how to facilitate. That's something that it can be easily taught and learned. And then we send out you know, videos every week. So we send out a leader video once a session. We send out videos to the D group every week. And we try to take the weight off the leader. So we're the ones going, hey, remember your memory verse. Here's what it is next week. Don't forget to do it. Um, here's your weekly challenge, how we're going to you know, challenge you to live out what we've learned this week. Here's what you're supposed to read this week. So we're doing that on behalf of the leader so that they don't have to do all that. But they can press in if they're like, hey, you guys, you know, Tara Lee mentioned the memory verse. We've been slacking on that. Let's really step it up. So they can sort of lean into leadership as much as they want to. Um, but we want them to feel like you don't necessarily have to have the traits of a leader. You don't have to be an extrovert. Right. Our best leaders are introverts. Right. So For if sure. somebody shows up and they want to be in a part of D group and there's not one in their area, we try to empower them and encourage them to be a leader because they That's have right. that desire for a reason. Mm-hmm. Second way is within the context of D groups, when we do that multiplication, mm-hmm. since we have such small groups and we've given members an opportunity to sort of show up as the leader every, you know, every week five, the leaders themselves of the existing D group can see and identify Right. Here's this person that I think might be a good leader. I'm going to encourage them to be the leader when we multiply. And so in that small space, just like Jesus, Jesus, just like Jesus, (laughs) just like Jesus did with Peter, where he's like, I'm going to, you're going to be the one to serve people next. Mm -hmm. Um, And appointed him as this chief servant, Um, go feed my sheep. And 
that kind of that kind of thing can happen in the context of a smaller group where you can see people's skill sets and you can have those one-on-one conversations. I saw how they responded to you when you led in week five. Mm-hmm. They and you really kept things together. And well, really when we try to do that model, though, Terry, mm-hmm. like what ends up happening is people don't want to leave the community that they're already part of. Have you found that resistance? Because typically, that's what the resistance is. It's not that there aren't people in the group equipped to lead new groups. It's that they finally it takes so long in our culture to feel connected and known and and uh, comfortable that they don't want to then leave that sanctuary to go right. start with a bunch of strangers again. So, have you run across that? Well, usually what we we have, absolutely. What happens when we multiply is the leader doesn't go out by themselves. They t- Usually the group oh, will, okay. will divide in half so that they're creating space for new people. And so what we do is we remind them, you love this community and you are so blessed by this community. Don't you want to create space for someone else who wants to be in the community? Are you just going to like keep in a holy huddle all by yourself? Don't yes, you- they'll say yes, Charlie. That, that is what I'm doing. I, I am keeping a holy huddle. Like <laughs> create like sir, one of our, our, we have five core values in D group. Um, and the pros say you're only supposed to have three, but we have five. Um, and it is scripture as roots, community as fruit, mm. bring your wins and losses. So that means you show up even if you fail, lead with your junk, which means as a leader, you're going to be leading even through failure, but also it's that confession of sin aspect of like, you're not going to show up with the best version of yourself. Like you're, you're going you're gonna to fail sometimes. We're going to see it. Leave with your junk and live beyond yourself. So that means like serving other people with your life, but also the only way to outlive yourself is to make disciples. So there's right. this dual element of that. And so we encourage them. This is a place where you can lean into core value number five and live beyond yourself. This is a place where you can... You, you are actually creating a space for someone else to come in and learn about God and grow in the relationship with him and build community that matters more than the people that you're hanging out with once a week. And guess what? Nobody's telling you you can't be friends with these people. You can still hang out with them. <laughs> it's true. So a lot of times, like what we do once every six-week session, we ask every D group to have a social hangout and a service project. And we ask them to do those things like together as a group. And so a lot of times those groups that multiply out will have their social and their service project together so that they can right. still be doing something twice every six weeks with the people that they already that. have a relationship with. Yeah. So you have the relational uh, bridge continuing along. And maybe mm-hmm. the key is what you said, like from the beginning, they know what the core values are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we make that really clear that you're the goal of uh, the small group is to multiply after you know a period of time and set that as an expectation, then maybe yeah. um, it wouldn't be as painful when they get that tap and say, hey, it's time. And they right. would welcome it as an opportunity uh, rather than seeing it as now I'm, I'm forced to be cut off and have to go right, serve some yeah. other, random other people I don't know and love yet. Um, I think and that makes it tougher. Yeah. I think that vision casting from the top down and then also reiterating it because, you know, vision leaks, you have to keep repeating right. it. And so we go through our core values, all five core values um, every 12 weeks. So every two sessions, we cover one of like one of them in a video that we mentioned. And I will press on the groups about that. I'll be like, hey, is your group at like nine people? It's time for you to start thinking who's going to be the next leader. And I know you don't want to do this because you like each other, but this is what the Lord has called us to is to like, you know, branch out beyond ourselves. So you have this, not just like your own. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, they feel like they want to be ready. So, you know, that just, they just continue along the (laughs) holy huddle until they're like ready, ready, ready. So, um, you know, so if a church wanted to start uh, and bring D group to their, 
to their church or their environment. Like you said, you have a team that resources and does all these things. So what would be like the first step for say, you know, one of our listeners says, I don't, I'd like to try this in our small groups ministry. Cause it feels like you could just take this, as you said, if it's a plug and play and bring it into a pre-existing small group ministry, which has much of the same components that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they would just, you know, if you go to mydgroup.org, like no spaces, no hyphens, just mydgroup.org forward slash church. There's a lot of information there on how to connect with us um, if you want to do a church partnership. We also do the same thing with the Bible Recap. We have a whole bunch of churches that are reading through the Bible with us next year. Um, oh, wow. And I think 22,000 churches that joined us with the Bible Recap last oh my year. gosh. And um, I don't know how many that is this year. And what but, do they do that's different than, um, you know, so you provide different resources than what you normally would do on the website and um, on your podcast for the partner churches? Um, we, for some of them we do, like sometimes I'll make a video welcoming a church to our whatever, but like there's just, they just partner with us and say, Hey, we're using your program and we'll follow up with them and see if there's anything else we can do. But you know, Bible recap is Bible reading. D group is Bible study and community. And so, um, you know, with the, with the Bible recap, we've built out resources for churches too, that are like, here's a, a weekly discussion guide. If you're having Bible recap discussion groups, we built out 10 questions a week that the leader can ask okay. and things like that. Um, but that we, we really D group and the Bible recap both exist to serve the local church. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to take people away from their church. We're trying to build and equip the local church. So as much as we can partner with churches, we love to do that. And we encourage people who are in D groups that are of different churches. We're like, Hey, you're probably in this because your church doesn't have anything like this. So why don't you go tell your church that we exist and ask them if they want to start something like this. Right. And then they can be part of this at your local church. Um, we're always trying to push people back to the local church. And so when we partner with churches, um, we, we have a, a ch- person at their church that we want to be our primary contact. We're reaching out to them. We're seeing what they need from us. And when we train the leaders, one of the things that we do, whether they're a part of our church partnerships or not, we're asking them, what church are you a member of? And we need a letter of reference from someone in spiritual authority over you, preferably at the church. Interesting. Okay, so that actually preempted one of my questions. I was wondering how you do accountability because when when ministries are run so much digitally um, Mm -hmm. and you don't have eyeballs, you don't have a relationship to know. So you actually put them through a screening process. We do. We have a six-step leader training process. It involves like a couple of videos, uh, a book, like a leadership manual that they have to read that's like 30 pages long. Um, And then there is... uh, how would you explain the gospel to someone who wouldn't consider themselves a Christian? And then tell us your testimony of, of how you met the Lord. And um, sometimes we'll get people with their responses, like won't even mention the name Jesus. And we're like, we would love to have, continue having a conversation with you. We don't think now is the right time for you to step up as a D group leader. We recognize that there are people who would think of themselves as a Christian who aren't Christians who later right. have come to faith as a part of D group. Right. But by and large, if if someone says, Hey, my friend is actually like she has been a part of, you know, the Buddhist community and I'm trying to get her into church and I really think D group is a great way, I'm like, it's not gonna be a great way. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not Yeah, because you're talking about deeper discipleship. I mean it's even exactly, in the in the name, exactly. right? But where it yeah. could help is as the person is learning how to understand the Bible and understand the process, they could just in their friendship, I feel like that would organically then come out and potentially they could be having different types of conversations and they would have were they not trained and engaging yeah. with it themselves. Um, but that's a really yeah, good clarification. 
So we help people, like if there's a person in D group who has a friend who's not a believer that they Mm -hmm. want to walk alongside, we're happy to give them to, we're like, Hey, here's a book that the two of you can read together. And you guys can talk about this. Here's some resources. Here's some questions you can ask. Here's some ways that you can engage with that person and outside of D group. And so we're still trying to equip those people to like make converts and then invite them in and make disciples. Right. And right. So that, so that we are sort of a bridge to that for those people. Um, but it's primarily a space for people who are in the big C church mm-hmm. and um, helping them to grow in spiritual disciplines. Cause I think the thing I'm afraid of, honestly, Carolyn is I'm afraid of if people who aren't Christians were to come into D group and they were to see daily Bible reading, scripture, memory, weekly challenge, Bible mm-hmm. set, they're going to feel like, it's this checklist. Right. They're right. going to not know that it's born out of a love and a relationship for God. Right. Especially if they came They're out of um, very, you know, con- right. If they came out, especially of more controlling religious environments, it's going to mm-hmm. feel more the same. Um, so you need the relationship and you need to fall in love with Jesus right. first um, and a desire yes. to know him. That almost has to come before. Otherwise, it can be misconstrued. But I do love that I think it will equip people because if you are engaging with scripture, there's no way you're not going to care more about the lost. It just, it'll right. come out of people. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I mentioned a couple of times the weekly challenge. Mm-hmm. That is our practical response to what we have learned that week. And so we don't like to do like, we don't do a whole lot of like application stuff because I don't want, we already are like asking a lot of people. And so we don't want to have like this big ask um, of some kind of huge thing that they're expected to do every week for the weekly challenge. We just want to say like, hey, how can you live out of your heart into what you've learned this week? And one of the things is like, you're here every week to fix your eyes on the living God. Why don't you go talk about how great that is to somebody who doesn't yet know how great it is? Mm-hmm. And so we want them to. So once every 12 weeks, we try to make sure that that's one of the weekly challenges is like love God in front of somebody else who doesn't love him. Mm-hmm. Show them how much you love him, how much affection you have for him. Talk about your faith journey with them. Ask them about their faith journey, like have those conversations. And so we're encouraging them to share their faith with outsiders. And for those people who are pastors on here, another thing that we also tell them to do is write a letter of encouragement to their pastor. We're like, Aww. your pastor has a heavy weight <laughs> on his shoulders. And like, or if you don't know your pastor, somebody on your church staff, they're going through a lot. Write them a note of encouragement. Pray for them every day this week. We okay, so really this is now motivation, Charlie, for why um, our <laughs> listeners should get bring D Group to their church so that they can get letters of appreciation <laughs> afterwards. Come on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Okay. Well, this has been so rich. I, in, so much of what you're describing, it's so interesting, is a lot of what we do in the churches, but you have the flexibility and the portability of mm-hmm. being able to um, bring it to you know churches that don't have as much resources and can't do the accountability, can't build their own, um, you know, own curriculum from scratch. It's there's mm-hmm. just a lot, and I love that you give so much of that away for free, um, as well as your podcast and all these other things um, mm-hmm. away. So I, it's you're so closely aligned with what um, our ministry people are mm-hmm. doing. Um, and so before uh, we sign off, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh man, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. It is not easy, especially in this season of life, especially with all that's going on in the world. I mean, I know we just started a new year and so there's this clean slate, but that also means that there's a lot of planning going on for you guys, a lot of hopes that you have for 2022. And so I just, I'm saying a prayer for you as church leaders, as small group leaders, as people who are stewarding um, the gifts that you've been given for the people of God and the glory of him, his name and and the building of his kingdom. 
that God would equip you, that he would protect you from the attacks of the enemy, that he would protect you from the lies of the flesh and the world, and that you would feel the encouragement of his nearness and you would be richly blessed by your time in his word because you can't feed people what you don't have. And so get the food yourself. Don't forget to feed yourself first. You're going to need it for what's ahead. So be in the word yourself and then let that overflow. If you try to pour out of an empty well, you will come to the end of yourself quickly. And so just a reminder to all of us as leaders that we need to eat first and, uh, and then give it to everybody else. Yeah. Amen. So true. We, we serve out of the overflow mm -hmm. of what God has already filled us. So yeah, we need to make sure we do <laughs> take care of that part for yeah. sure. Um, thank you for all the ways that you are resourcing and helping people um, and people inside, outside the church world to do that. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. And it's such a joy to get to meet you and um, hear about your ministry and just how aligned that is with the small group network. So thank you for your time, Terry. Really appreciate it. Thank um, you, Carolyn. And you can contact Terry and her team on her website, terryleecobble.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. If you're interested in learning more about the D groups or getting her book, The Bible Recap, I think you have other books. That's the one I have. But yeah, I do. Yeah. If you want to talk about any of your other books, you can. <laughs> We're good. We're good. You good? Thank all right. Well, it's the, on the website. Yeah. All right. Well, it's all on the website, um, and you can sign up for the podcast. Um, and it is. It's really bite sized. It's actually about the the length of my commute, so it works well <laughs> for me. Um, and wherever you receive your podcast, it's on all of the the platforms. And um, thank you again, Terry. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. God bless you, Carolyn, and all your listeners. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to Here to There. And until next time, remember that we are better together. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.